0: Hi, and welcome to Episode 8 of IoT This Week. I'm your host, Craig Smith, and it is September 7th, 2015, so let's get started. All right, so a quick reminder that the articles that we will be discussing during the podcast are all contained within a um, link that's actually shared out on the show notes at iotthisweek.com. So any of the articles that we do talk about, feel free to go look at iot week, iotthisweek.com. And right at the top of the show notes, there's a link there that has a list of all the IoT-related articles that we discussed during the uh, podcast. Okay, so our first story comes from the National Science Foundation, where they, uh, in conjunction with Intel, have actually committed $6 million to fund projects surrounding Uh, projects that secure the Internet of Things, so the fact that the National Science Foundation is actually getting involved in the security of the Internet of Things is actually a pretty good indication of how popular and how big a deal that the Internet of Things is is becoming so it's good to see and it's good to see that they're actually partnering up partnering up with a major player in the Internet of Things which is Intel so it's great to see that um, they're putting forth some funding to actually help secure the Internet of Things. All right, so our next story comes from iot-analytics.com, which I've mentioned in previous podcasts, as they are, they are a great place to go and have a look at metrics and different research analytics and so forth that the uh, group puts together. But they did an interesting article where they did a deep dive on uh, beacon technology. So the two uh, primary beacon systems, which probably most, most folks know or maybe they don't know, so Apple's iBeacon um, and then they also compared that to uh, Google's Eddystone project. So the article went through. Um, they did a brief introduction on on beacons and eye beacons and so forth. Then they actually went through a few of their uh, the primary use cases as they see it. So some of those primary re- use cases for beacons were retail, pretty obvious one. Uh, sport venues, airports, uh, public transport, et cetera. So the article continues to talk about the beacon technology. Um, They also talk about how it's an exploding market. And, I mean, I think it will be, especially for retail, um, as you – and if you don't know what beacons are, I mean, basically, if you're walking around, say, Target or whatever, there would be these beacons which would actually send different messages to your phone as you walk past them. So it could be that – something on sale, something, some product is on sale in that particular aisle of Target or whatever, um, and maybe they're sending you a coupon or whatever it might be, they'd be sending you some bit of information um, via the beacon as you walk through the uh, Target store, for example. So the article does talk about um, the top 10 beacon manufacturers and actually, to be honest with you, I've never actually heard of some of these companies, but anyway, they go through and talk about the top 10 Beacon companies, and then they also have um, a brief paragraph on the trends and outlook for Beacon. So it's a really interesting article and provides some information that uh, actually I hadn't seen before. So our next story comes from Arm and IBM. And, of course, I'm sure everybody knows who IBM is. Arm is obviously, they're the major chip maker for lots of smartphones and tablets. So they've actually struck a deal to, you know, quote, or IBM has actually struck a deal with Arm to, quote, watch arms iot devices so there's a few different parts of the story so basically the way it goes is that obviously arms already a player in the internet of things so and according to a recent article with a fast company arm is actually licensing about 1 billion or so chips per quarter for iot devices so anyway they've got a project that's called embed and it's actually spelled the letter m and then bed which actually is short for like embed like embedded systems So, anyway, so ARM is partnered with IBM to actually use IBM's cloud and they're going to incorporate IBM's cloud into the embed system. So that means anybody who is using ARM chips for like the embed IoT devices can now easily use IBM's Bluemix cloud. And if you haven't read about IBM's Bluemix cloud, basically it's a way to store and analyze data from IoT devices. So and then as another related item in the story, IBM is also launching a um, special new cloud called IoT for Electronics that will actually do all this analysis of the embed IoT devices in real time. So it's pretty interesting how big um, IBM is getting into the IoT market. And now they've partnered up with one of the major chip manufacturers for IoT devices. So this is going to be pretty interesting for both of them, I think. And our next story is a, it's a really interesting article um, from Amsterdam where they're actually launching what's called the Things Network. So basically what it comes down to is that they're trying to launch sort of like a public open network, kind of like public Wi-Fi um, for Internet of Things devices. So what they would be using is a actual uh, IoT protocol called LoRa. So it's L-O-R-A. So basically this protocol is a protocol that's dedicated to IoT devices. So normally like IoT devices are are piggybacking off of the existing systems like Bluetooth and you know Wi-Fi and etc. So this protocol is specifically designed for IoT devices. So it's long range and low bandwidth. So anyway, so they're trying to do this in Amsterdam. So one of the use cases they had is where Local individuals and businesses have signed on to, you know, purchase these basically base stations that are using the LoRa protocol in order to connect IoT devices. So one of the use cases they put forth was that they have uh, lots of small boats apparently in Amsterdam in the uh, various canals. So the so the rainwater can actually build up and sink the boats. So what they've done is purchase sensors to go in the boats. Um, that actually report back to the boat's owner that the boat's filling up with water and needs to be bailed out. So, and all this information is actually flowing through these um, various base stations around the city that are actually using the LoRa, pro- Lo-Ra protocol. So it's uh, what they said. Now, um, the actually the base stations that are using the LoRa protocol are actually quite expensive right now. Uh, they say costing up to fifteen hundred dollars. So what they're planning to do is, or what the Things Network is planning to do is actually put together a crowdfunding campaign to see if they can make a more consumer-friendly base station that will bring the price down to around $200. So this is a very interesting project, and it's going to be interesting to see how this works. Um, Hopefully, it'll do better than public Wi-Fi, because we all know that... Lots of bad things happen on uh, public open networks, so I don't know. We'll see how this goes. I mean, it's it's going to be limited amounts of data, but lots of bad things can be done with limited amounts of data. So anyway, this is it's a pretty interesting project. So like I said, it'll be interesting to see how this thing goes with the um, basically an open IoT network in Amsterdam. Okay, so let's talk a bit about IoT security, and the first item I want to talk about today is a tool called BT Proxy, um, which is authored by Connor Patrick. So the project's out on GitHub. Again, it's called BT Proxy. And basically what it's for is to, it will use um, one or two regular Bluetooth adapters, and they will act as a proxy for two other Bluetooth devices that are actually communicating with each other. So the intent is to allow the person using the tool to actually see clear clear text traffic And it also gives them the ability to modify that traffic in real time. So this is something I think I read about in the wireless, um, what was it, the Hacking Exposed Wireless 3rd Edition. So they actually had some information about BT Proxy in here. So uh, the author put out a post just a couple days ago, so it has tons of detailed information on how to use the tool and then actually how to have a look at information that's being passed between uh, Bluetooth devices. So, anyway, so for sure, look up BT proxy on Google and or GitHub and have a look at the project if you're interested in um, sniffing Bluetooth connections. Okay, so the next item I want to talk about is a research project uh, put together by Rapid Seven. Now, the research project they did was on nine baby monitors. So the research they did was similar to some of the research projects that we've done in the past where we looked at um, 10 various IoT devices. We also looked at home security systems, and we also looked at smartwatches. So they sort of did the same thing where they actually looked for vul- security vulnerabilities on the devices themselves. They also looked for security vulnerabilities on the cloud-facing side, like web services and so forth. So, as, as you can imagine, they actually were able to gain unauthorized access to a lot of the baby monitors, which, by the way, these baby monitors have cameras in most cases. So, according to the report, they were able to get unauthorized control through remote shells and other similar interfaces. Um, like I said, they also looked at the web services and found vulnerabilities in the web services that these IoT devices were talking to. So, again, this kind of just ties in with, the like I said, the research we had done previously where... The IoT devices are just fraught with um, security vulnerabilities, so it's not really any big surprise, but uh, if you have a baby monitor, you might want to look into looking for a more secure model or just simply not using the baby monitor or turning the video off if you can, um, any, basically doing anything you can do to make it a little bit more secure if you actually do have a baby monitor. Okay, so the next story is actually about malware and ransomware. Now, normally when we talk about malware and ransomware, we're usually referring to, you know, malware getting on a PC or ransomware getting on a PC and encrypting all your files so that you got to pay a ransom to get your files back and so forth. But actually, Intel Security is now, they're talking about how they're seeing a bit of a rise as far as uh, malware and ransomware go in regards to Internet of Things devices. So basically what they said now is that it's kind of just at the beginning. IoT devices are just at the beginning um, as far as being exploited because right now there's so many different versions and you know flavors of IoT devices out there that there's not really a big enough install base of any one particular kind to actually make it worth it to attackers to actually go after it. So it's kind of like back when... Um, Apple Macs weren't really sold that heavily, and not many people use them. So at that point, it really wasn't worth um, worth it for attackers to actually write malware for Apple and so forth. So, but as but as Apple has become more popular and more per, more people are using those um, computers, it's actually become um, more worth it to attackers to actually go after that installed base of Mac. So it's kind of the same situation with uh, IoT devices. So as the installed base gets um, larger for specific kinds of IoT devices and so forth, it'll actually make it worthwhile for more malware and ransomware to be written um, and used in regards to IoT devices. So, pretty interesting that uh, Intel's um, watching this. So it'll be interesting to see how this, if it rises or or what happens to it as far as um, malware being used on uh, IoT devices. All right, so the last thing I want to talk about today as far as IoT security is the OWASP Internet of Things project. So you guys may be familiar with the OWASP Internet of Things top 10. So basically what we've done is take that Internet of Things top 10 site and actually move it underneath the OWASP Internet of Things project, which is basically it's an umbrella project for all things internet of all things internet of things. So we've taken we've carried over a lot of the information from the Internet of Things top 10 site, which is actually still there, um, but we've moved some of the information over to the Internet of Things uh, project site. So we still have that same information there. We've also added some information into the Internet of Things project where we've actually added a tab that has the attack surface areas, which is one of the reasons why we actually put together this project. So we've added um, quite a few categories for attack surface areas. Um, Then also we've added some of the more common vulnerabilities we've seen in our research projects into IOT. So anyway, so have a look at the OWASP site. So we've, like I said, we've added quite a bit, of quite a bit more information onto that site, um, especially around the tax service areas and some of the com- common vulnerabilities, but we'll be certainly be adding more. And we look, you know, look forward to any, anyone's input that they might want to add to this project um, so again, if you feel if you know if you want to make comments about the project or have some feedback or you want to participate in the project, um, yeah, just um, let the uh, let the project leaders, myself and uh, Daniel Meiser, let let us know if you're interested. All right, so conferences in September. So there are quite a few conferences actually going on in regards to Internet of Things during September. Again, I'm not gonna list them all out here. Um, You can actually go to the Internet of Things events site and actually see a pretty comprehensive list of all the um, various IoT conferences going on during the month of September. Um, But anyway, I'll just list out a few here. So, Security of Things Forum in Cambridge, US. um, That's one, IoT Solutions World Congress in Spain. Internet of Things Chicago, of course that's in Chicago. Um, U.S. IoT security in Boston. The Ottawa Internet of Things conference in Canada. And then actually the last one I want to mention, which actually isn't happening in in September. It's actually happening in January of 2016. Uh, But it's a conference put together by the FTC, which I think will be interesting since they put forth a lot of guidance in regards to IoT, but it's called PrivacyCon. And it'll be in D.C., And like I said, January of 2016, and I think um, most likely we'll be there and hopefully presenting some talks and and so forth on the Internet of Things. So anyway, that should be pretty interesting given uh, FTC's involvement in um, IoT as of late. Okay, so let's move on to learning about the Internet of Things. All right, so one of the primary things I wanted to talk about in regards to this particular part of the podcast um, is the Exelta online IOT training. So I took, actually went through their three day, basically it's an IOT essentials course. Um, so it was great, great content, um, great presentation of all the material by the guys there at Exelta. Um, and I would highly recommend that, Class, Like I said, it's a three-day. Really, it says a three-day class, but really it's three days, and it's about four hours each, so it's not really three full days. Um, But anyway, there's lots of information. Um, I mean, they give you all the materials, so you can actually look at it later um, and so forth. But anyway, they go through all the basics of IoT, you know, how it works, IoT platforms, um, the different protocols involved with IoT. It really is just a comprehensive um, walkthrough of all the things IoT related. So if you're new to IoT or you just need a refresher or you think there's some parts you're missing, um, for sure, um, have a look at their training um, curriculum. And I would highly recommend I haven't tried the – they do have a five-day course, and the last two days are actually some hands-on activities. But, again, the three days, it's not really all that expensive, but the three-day course is um, great for just getting the essentials of IoT down. And then the next thing in regards to learning about IoT is just a great article um, put forth by um, Jonathan Holdowski on Depress.com press.com. So it's a primer on technologies building the Internet of Things and it's a really great article talking about various different aspects of all the technologies that's used in the Internet of Things. So the article um, some of the information it talks about, um, obviously the technologies enabling the Internet of Things things so technologies such as sensors, networks, standards, augmented intelligence and augmented behavior. So it talks about those different aspects um, as far as technologies. And then it also goes into detail about the types of sensors. So, so sensors such as position sensors, um, force sensors, pressure sensors, flow sensors, just uh, I mean, it's like about 15 different sensor types that the article talks about. Um, And then it talks about various things, um, aspects of those sensors like accuracy and range and so forth. Um, So, again, it's just a great article on just um, just learning about the different things like sensors and networks and so forth that uh, are used as part of IoT. So for sure, check, check that out. Um, again, this is all these uh, articles that are in the show notes. So if you don't catch it in here um, during the podcast, feel free to take a look at the show notes and you can uh, get a, have a look at this article. But again, it's basically it's called A Primer on Technologies Building the Internet of Things. So do have a look at that. And then there was another really good article that basically compares some of the IoT protocols and kind of is trying to determine, you know, which one is actually the best IoT messaging protocol. Now, there's lots of different IoT protocols out there. So the three they look at is actually MQTT um, versus WebSockets versus HTTP2. So I'm not going to go into, like, great detail on Talking about each one of these things, but basically just have a look at the article. It's by uh, systembash.com, and they just do a brief, a uh, few paragraphs on each, trying to basically just trying to put forth some conversation on you know what might be the best IoT uh, messaging protocol to use these days. And then last but not least, as far as learning about IoT, so I posted a a article um, last night on craigsmith.net which is my primary website um, for posting various articles about technology and other things. Um, But anyway, so I posted an article about a virtual, basically it's a virtualized IoT testing environment. So what what I really did, I took uh, my existing IoT testing environment, which is the environment I use for a lot of the um, IoT research projects that I mentioned earlier in a podcast. And basically that Um, lab was built around a Mac mini and some VMs and a Netgear wireless router and so forth. So basically what I did, I took all that and moved it into a virtual environment. So any of the VMs I'm using, instead of using VMware, um, I'm using Hyper-V, which is Microsoft's, um, virtualized environment. And then I'm also using a Sophus, uh, UTM, which, which if you guys haven't used, um, had a look at Sophus. it used to be a star so basically it's a firewall and lots of other things uh, but it's actually free for home use and i would highly recommend um i mean if you're up to the challenge of using basically it's a commercial grade firewall um, that's free to use free to use for home use so if you're up to the challenge for learning about a commercial grade firewall i'd definitely check out the Sophus utm uh, but anyway so but as part of the uh, new lab testing environment Um, I'm using Hyper-V, the Sofis UTM, to basically control um, what goes on within a VLAN network. And then uh, my testing VMs, they're connecting to this particular VLAN via Hyper-V. And then I'm also using a Sofis AP wireless router that will bridge to the VLAN. So at that point, any IoT devices that are wireless that I have connected to this particular wireless AP will also be connected to this VLAN network, which is, which is the IOT test VLAN network. Um, so the other thing as part of the test environment, um, of course, you'll need any, you'll need to be able to connect any IOT wired devices. So you not only need to connect wireless devices, but you need to connect wired devices. And that's where, you know, I talk about it in the article It's where you actually need a, some kind of managed switch. I use a Cisco managed switch where you can actually um, configure one of the ports on the switch to to a particular native VLAN and that native VLAN will of course be your test VLAN network. So at that point once you have that set up you can actually connect any wired devices through that particular port on the switch and then have them also be on this VLAN test network. So once you get everything on, so your wireless IoT devices, you get your wired IoT devices onto this this test network, then you can use your tools, um, you know, whether it's a Cali VM or some other VMs that you've got test tools running on, that you can beat up on these IoT devices and test them. Now the other thing you can also do is part of the network, um, in addition to you know letting these devices go out to the network as they normally would in a normal firewall scenario, um, the other thing you do is actually set up the Kali VM or any other VM, actually any other Linux VM, to be honest, um, to actually set it up as like a proxy or man-in-the-middle VM. So any of the devices, you can basically use the Sophus UTM to tell any of the connected IoT devices to use this particular Kali VM as the default network gateway. So once that's set up, all the traffic from that IoT device will actually go through the Kali VM and then out to the Internet. So, I mean, there's some configuration things you need to do the VM, like um, IP forwarding, and you also has to, also have to configure IP tables. But either way, uh, once you get all that set up, um, you can actually watch the conversations going on between the IoT devices and most likely the cloud, because most of these devices talk to the cloud. And then you can, you know, you can proxy the traffic. I mean, you can capture the traffic um, with like TCB dump or whatever. I mean, you can also set up um, for any web services. You can set up Burp on on like Kali VM to intercept web traffic. Just lots of different things you can do in this new IoT um, testing environment I set up. So, again, um, check it out. Check out the write up on CraigSmith.net, and you'll actually see um, kind of what I'm talking about. I don't go into like super detail, like how to set up a VLAN and so forth. Um, a lot of this, some of that knowledge is assumed. Um, but anyway, I think it gives a nice overview of uh, a pretty interesting way to set up an IOT, um, test environment. And then a couple of things I just wanted to add, um, for this particular podcast, and I'll probably keep um, talking about these in future podcasts but is the, it's the IOT community So, and we've got this on the OWASP site as well some of these different community IOT um, projects and alliances and so forth so just real quick um, if you or your company are interested in, in participating in any of these I mean obviously feel free and I think it's a great opportunity especially if your company is just jumping in at IOT to um, find out about different things security and so forth so if you want to check out some of these community sites, um, Build It Securely is one of those. Um, I Am The Cavalry is another. And then there's also the Online Trust Alliance um, that you'll probably want to have a look at as well to see about becoming involved in. So anyway, those are just I just wanted to mention those um, real quick, some of the three of the uh, IoT community sites. And then finally, um, I think these are these are talks that I've mentioned in previous podcasts, but they still haven't happened yet. Nope. Um, so I'll go ahead and mention mention them again real quick. Uh, so Daniel Meister will be speaking at Husek in October. Um, Greg Patton will be speaking at Houston Tech Fest on Mobile Security on September twelfth. So that's only a few days away. And then Ray Kelly will also be speaking at AppSec USA on September twenty second. So again, this month. On modifying the Android OS for mobile application testing. All right, so that is the podcast for this week. Again, if you have comments, um, feel free to go to iotthisweek.com and leave a comment on the site, or you can actually hit me on hit me up on on the twitters at at CraigZ28, and you know just feel free to share your comments or any other thing you'd like to share. So anyway, so have a great day and I'll talk to you later.